Hello, everybody. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane, and we are so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on This Family Tree Podcast, episode 171. We're back from Nolens. Back from Nolens. Guys, it's been a whirlwind month. I said that kind of weird, but we're going with it. And to be honest, I'm quite happy it's coming to an end. I mean, we hit Disney, came home, dealt with seizures, went to New Orleans, and now I kind of feel like we are in the groove, getting in the groove anyway, of just regular life again. And it feels nice. So you like having the vacations done. I understand uh, wanting the seizures to be done because our (laughs) daughter Lucy had a seizure Mm -hmm. in case you didn't know, which was obviously alarming. But you like the vacations being done because I look at you as a very vacation-centric person, looking forward to the vacation, loving being on the vacation, hating when the vacation's over. Well, the thing is you got to have regular time for the vacations to have meaning and to be exciting and to be able to look forward to them because you're not going to look forward to it if you're not in the grind, living daily life, doing all the monotonous stuff that you do at home. You know what I mean? So you need that home time too and to recalibrate. Like my tummy is off it is off and i need to get this stuff back in order and i think the best way to do that is by we have this thing called good food i'm not sure if people have heard of these delivery services it's a meal kit there's like hello i, I people know i'm joking <laughs> everyone knows i like i like you were like oh i do need to explain this but i think people know what meal kits are but what i like doing is going for the healthiest options mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a parent, we're always eating off the kids' plates. We're always, you know, going out. Yeah. I was going to say eating out, but I just didn't <laughs> want your little joke. Wasn't going to make one. My mind um, is not in the gutter. So I think three days a week just being, air quote, forced to eat healthy mm-hmm. is a good way to get your body feeling right. And these meals are delicious, by the They're way. So this, good. this is not a good food ad. Mm-hmm. But I love the good food, healthy meals. I might even say the good food, healthy meals in general are better tasting than the other ones. I think they're tastier. But I got a question for you. So we yeah. used to do meal kits before, like in between kids. So when Lucy was a baby. And before we had kids, we had kids. Well, before we had Betty, okay. And we did chef's plate, loved it. But then when I got pregnant with Betty, I was so ill and I couldn't eat anything and I couldn't cook anything because I just get so nauseous that we stopped. And now we're on chef's, now we're on good food. And I'm curious which one you like better. I can't remember. Good food's great. It is good. I know. Maybe chef's plate's better. I don't know. But when you have something that you think is great, you don't want to switch it up. No, I agree. No, I have so much fun with it. And they're they're fun to cook. Like today, I chopped up a vegetable I had never even heard of. What was it called again? Oh, geez. I forget now. Chayote. It looked fun. It was cool. It looked like a bubble butt or something. It was a bubble butt. Vegetable bubble butt. But Shane, our last episode took place in New Orleans, Louisiana. And now we're back at home. We have finished the trip. And I want to kind of go over this family tree top five. New segment. New segment. This is the first time we're doing this family tree top five. And if I like it, I think we're going to stick to it. I'm excited. So uh, what what entails here? (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go through this family tree's top five things, experiences that we had in New Orleans that we would recommend. So I'm going (laughs) to- Can we patent this? It's got a catchy name, right? It really (laughs) rolls off the tongue. It's like this family tree podcast. (laughs) Just the name of your Instagram account and then what it is. It's solid branding, I would argue. But the first thing that I want to say as, and these are really in no particular order, 
But the thing, the experience that really made the trip for me was where we stayed. We stayed at Hotel Monteleone. Oh, I got to say it again. Monte Eric, Leone. Yeah, it is. No, it is. keep the errors because people I... need to know this is a, an error you're liable to make. Look, I work with so many Italians and it's all Monteleone and it's like that kind of thing. But this is just Monteleone. And typically, you know, my dad's got like hookups at Sheraton and Marriott. So usually we'd stay in one of those and we could see those hotels from the rooftop pool at our hotel. And didn't they just look so depressing in a vibrant city like New Orleans? And our hotel was so entrenched in culture and in history and it was so vibrant that looking at those hotels, it was just, you know, I'm sure they're great, but where we stayed really felt just so a part of everything. Like it felt so a part of the city. Well, it was. It was. It's the oldest hotel in the city, is it not? I don't know about that, but it's it's right in the French Quarter. It's on Royal Street. It was built in the eighteen hundreds, was it not? Yeah, but there might be older hotels. Well, it's it's it is a part of the city, and uh, Hemingway used to drink there. Yes, there were other ones. Faulkner, William Faulkner. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. But it's it's a gorgeous hotel, super beautiful looking. The rooms are cozy and they do 24-hour room service, which I find is really tough to get even in the most modern hotels. So we really like that doing like the 2 a.m. cheesecake order. But the pool, and we spoke about this on the last podcast, that was a dream for us. We wanted a relaxing vacay and that pool was somewhere we did not want to get. Like it was just beautiful rooftop pool drink service were the drinks expensive yes twenty dollars a drink (laughs) the most expensive maybe in the city but it was worth it well yeah you're paying for the i don't have to move thing and the bartenders were very nice all all of them oh oh, you get poolside food too that's phenomenal uh but the next experience i would say beignets and you might think, hey, New Orleans beignets, it's so overdone, it's cliche, it's stereotypical, whatever. Do it. Those things are on my mind constantly. These little tasty powdery treats, I cannot stop thinking about them. I want them all the time. My favorite one's for, from uh, Café du Monde. So a beignet, to explain what it is, it's like a powdered donut, mm-hmm, essentially. But it's very... shaped. It's very dipped in... Grease? What are those things called? Those you fry them. Yeah, they're fried in grease and <laughs> covered delicious. in powder. You can't eat them without covering yourself in powder, but they're obviously a popular thing in New Orleans. And where was the better one we had? I think Cafe Du Monde. So they were smaller, they were more square, but that was the place. It was the first twenty-four hour market in like the French Quarter. And I think it's still open twenty-four hours and they're just serving up like thousands of beignets at a time. It's wild, but it's so good. And at that place, it was cool because, well, I don't know, we went there at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And they still had like a a band, a brass band playing yeah. music. You have a trombone in your face and you really feel like you're in New Orleans. Like yeah, it, it, was, it, it feels like a, you're in a movie all the time. It was so lively. And I think they're also known for their cafe au lait as well. All right. And the third experience that I want to hit is just Frenchman Street. So you all probably know about Bourbon Street. That's like when somebody does a bachelor party, a bachelorette, a big trip to New Orleans. They'll go to Bourbon. It's where like the 24-hour party is. All the notorious stuff happens, Mardi Gras, everything. But Frenchman is where the locals go. And every single bar on Frenchman has like 
phenomenal music. And if you like jazz, Shane and I are big jazz fans. It's like the best jazz in every single bar. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it's very cool. Every place, every place is better than the next. Yeah. And it has every style, like chill jazz, like sing-along jazz, and like, you know, every level in between that. Mm -hmm. So that is huge because you will get tired of Bourbon Street super quick. And on Frenchman too, nobody hassles you. Everybody hassles you on Bourbon. Nobody tries to scam you on Frenchman. That's a big plus. Yeah, because there's only tourists on Bourbon. Mm -hmm. The next experience, number four, just try all the food. Shane doesn't eat seafood. And even as he said last podcast, he tried the gator. He tried the turtle soup. He tried the oysters. You just got to go for it just for the experience. Like for me, I don't know, would you, it's like food tourism mm -hmm. when you travel places and you just want to try all the local stuff. It's so much fun and there's so much joy in it. Don't say you to anything. Keep your, like your mind open to everything. And that is so a part of the fun. The main reason I go on vacation is just because I can go to a restaurant every night without yeah. guilt. It's the best <laughs> Big part. Big time. And just like the dessert every night, mm -hmm. whatever. You know, it just feels so good and there's something so fun about it. And then like we were saying off the top, come back home and recalibrate and then get excited for the mm -hmm. next time you can go do that. And last time we recorded, we were in New Orleans and we said, don't bring your kids because we didn't see anyone with kids. But the next day... There was an influx of people with yeah. kids. It didn't seem so bad. They were hanging by the pool. They seemed like they could enjoy enjoy <laughs> New Orleans. You were getting back in the draw I've there. had a white claw. That's my problem. Uh, and the final experience that I want to recommend, and we mentioned this on the last, but I really want to drive it home, booking a dinner at Commander's Palace. So it's a Michelin-rated restaurant. It's in the Garden District, which is like the rich, pish-posh area. But it is so beautiful to walk around and there's a really great cemetery right across from it if you go early enough it closes early like at three or four but you can walk around and what are that what are those big things called like the big places where they bury people they're not urns they're mausoleums mausoleums it's just all mausoleums it's so cool it's like you're walking through a european cemetery and then dinner is just phenomenal it's a beautiful experience and then take the walk around town. And then once you get out of the rich area, like immediately out of it, there's a bunch of awesome dive bars to go and have a beer at. Yeah. If you're the type who, when you're walking around a neighborhood, you go, oh, I'd like to live there. I'd like to live there. Mm -hmm. I find you and I, our main thing is like house, what is it, house <laughs> gazing, yeah. house wishing. If you like doing that, you'll really like doing it in this area of New Orleans. Yeah. Garden District, do it. But honestly, phenomenal vacation there's already things that i missed and i really want to go back but shane vacations as a way to rekindle a relationship it's like we're at home we're in our monotonous but nice happy lives and then going on a vacation can kind of just bring you that excitement and that joy that was so easy to get before you settle down have kids everything because it's hard to be, and we've talked about this on this podcast, it's hard to be spontaneous when you are in the thick of it and when your kids are so little. But when you go out on a trip, especially if it's just you and your partner, it's easy to be spontaneous if you want to be. Oh, it's the ultimate luxury. And thank goodness we had the support system around us to be able to do it because I don't think many people have that. But mm -hmm. if people do, I suggest you take advantage of it. You might as well. 
Yeah, even if it's only for one night that you can get away. Absolutely. And do things for the first time together again. And Shane, I want to ask you, what was your favorite maybe spontaneous thing, maybe something you'd consider a first, something new that we did together on that trip? Something that was a first? Or like a spontaneous thing, like something that you'd consider like a rekindling moment. I think bar hopping is always (laughs) something that is somewhat spontaneous because you, you go to a bar, you don't know when you're going to leave. You're at a table with new people. You're talking to these interesting people who I, who knows their motives. And in New Orleans, you know, people are just interesting. You can't help but every time you leave the house, there's going to be an adventure of some sort mm-hmm. waiting for you. Even if you're a very boring person, it can make you seem interesting because – People just want to talk to you in New Orleans for some reason. Oh, big time. And they want to lure you into something, like either a good time or something. I don't know. It's just the most social people. So I found that like a a good old bar hop we hadn't done in a while. We had absinthe at a bar. Oh, that was fun. And that wasn't the first time we've done that. We also did that Mm -hmm. in Detroit. But there's something about going to a bar and having absinthe. It feels illegal. <laughs> it feels so naughty. <laughs> Even though we have it at home, like we get it from the liquor store here and a local distillery. But it just feels so much cooler. Yeah, there's such a lore around yeah. absinthe, the mysticism, if you will. <laughs> it feels, yeah, it feels so much fun. And it, absinthe gives you a very warm glow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that, although it wasn't our first, it felt like a first. And the first time doing it in New Orleans. 100%. And I think for me, it would. I was going between like the first of just trying new foods could be a first. Like doing the gator, doing certain kind of oysters, po' boys. That's a total first of being like, oh my God, that was the best po' boy we've ever had. Even if it was the only po' boy we've ever had. And we have that shared experience. And I have so many firsts that I've done traveling that I've never... It was just me, so I didn't get to experience them with anybody. So those things are always really special to me. And, like, just exploring, walking around, looking at the houses, walking down cool-looking streets, going in weird shops, like voodoo shops and things like that. All of that is so fun. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do is listen to jazz at night. (laughs) Nothing's cooler than that. Nothing's more relaxing. Mm -hmm. Nothing's more exciting. It kind of knocks off a lot of boxes you can get as tipsy as you want or as you don't want and still have a good time oh and Uh, then it it just oh wait we smoked cigars in the rain we did it started that was a first it started pouring rain and when i tell you pouring like the sky just opened up out of nowhere and it was raining cats and dogs i don't know if i could say that it rains cats and dogs too often but it was raining cats and dogs everybody sought shelter (laughs) in certain places and shane and i found the best little nook that you could ask for there was a really fancy restaurant mr b's right across from our hotel and they had a little overhang just like in the stone of the building so shane and i were like well let's just stand here for a second until we find out where to go but then we weren't getting wet at all. No, we were dressed up a little bit fancier than we normally would dress up. And people were looking at us, looking cool, smoking cigars, saying, who is that? Do you think they thought we looked cool or do you think they were like, who's that? Probably like, who's that? Like, it is a little <laughs> weird to be smoking cigars like that. And I was coughing in the rain. <laughs> quite a bit. And I 
I had less sinus infection, so I was hacking up phlegm. I couldn't keep mine lit. You had to keep relighting it yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. And I was just covered in like <laughs> soot and like, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the the skin of the cigar was falling oh, off. Oh, yeah. So maybe here's the thing. We felt cool. We enjoyed the cigars. We liked being in the middle of the rainstorm. And then I think we were good people watching fodder for everybody walking by. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. But, you know, we are back in this at-home phase. And the monotonous life, as you call well, it. Well, you know, monotonous it. chores, never-ending laundry, never-ending dishes, whatever. And it's funny because we've been home for like, what, two weeks now? A week and a half? I don't even know. Time is all melding together. And yes, our luggage is all neatly packed away. It's been washed, <laughs> folded, and put away. We didn't just throw it up in our bedroom and it's still there rotting away. <laughs> well, it's nice because I'm picking out things I want to wear every day out of my uh, suitcase. Oh, the things you didn't wear on the trip. Yes. So they're still washed mm-hmm. and kind of just like, because I yeah. see the way you pack. You definitely don't fold. So don't you have to steam it every day? Uh, do I? Like you see me walking out of the house. I definitely don't walk out with like crisp looking clothes every day. That's true. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was an isolated incident. But it's funny because before we left for the trip, I had actually taken off. And this is a huge luxury in itself. But, you know, something that comes along with having a second gig as a content creator aside from my other work. But I took off two weeks from my other job to stay at home and try to just take the house apart room by room, closet by closet, drawer by drawer, and just reorganize everything. And I'm like, two weeks, Shane told me, he goes, take off two weeks and, and you know, do what you can, whatever. I did not say take off two weeks. You said take off, you said take off two weeks. I said, take the week off and you go, oh my goodness. And you were like taken aback. You thought that would be plenty. I go, don't underestimate it. It will probably take two. Well, that's what I was just getting to. And I, I was going to say. I didn't say, start with two weeks. Though. I think I scoffed. And I was like, yeah, a week. I can do this house in, you know, three days. Third day, I'm still working on the second freaking closet. You're on like the junk drawer. Oh, my God. It If you actually go in with purpose and do every last corner of every closet and every drawer, it takes you ages ages and if you look at every item and you're like do we need this no toss it do we need this no donate it get rid of half the stuff you own that was super liberating but i ended up doing it for two weeks mind you that's when lucy was having her seizures she ended up being with me for about an entire week in so in total. a way it was good you took that week off kind of serendipitous that she was mm-hmm. you you could be with her 100% but I mean it made the cleaning harder because then I only had a, a few hours in the well, day. Well if you have a kid having a seizure it's really hard <laughs> to have someone hold the dustpan. Doing the drunk drawer the drunk drawer <laughs> yeah. the junk drawer while the ambulance is here not yeah, a good look. Yeah it's so awkward. Um, But it was tough and it's like now then you know we left for our trip we come back and it is driving me a little bit crazy because it feels as though and I worked my butt off for those two weeks guys I feel like I barely made a dent. And I did a lot, a lot, a you lot. Did, but look around right now. It's bad for the way it was, but this house is so much cleaner. Well, it's because we just got rid of half the stuff. I know, but that's good. And that, like, we didn't just do a surface clean. You did a deep, like, getting rid of stuff, a mass exodus of items we don't need, like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff packed in cars, delivered to, um, What's it called when you throw stuff away? The junk? The junk? The dump? The dump. <laughs> and so 
we can actually put stuff somewhere where before you just had to throw stuff somewhere to make it temporarily look clean. But how much more time would you think you'd need to take off to have the house perfectly clean? I'm not going to take anything off because it's summer in a month. That's not two weeks. I'm going to need two more weeks to get the house. Shane, I mean, if we're thinking about the whole house, if we're okay, wait, the kids' bedroom is done, kids' bathroom is done. I need to do our bathroom and our bedroom. And then there's two drawers left in the kitchen that I didn't touch. Okay. So a week per drawer, sorry, um, (laughs) a day per drawer, let's say. And let's say it takes two and a half days for our bedroom. Okay. So our bedroom will take two and a half days. Yes. The drawers I will get done in a day. And then the playroom will be a day or two. So where do you get two weeks from? Well, then I was thinking in the basement. Or am I not including that? You think I give a shit about a dusty basement <laughs> we're never going to renovate for years? Well, this is the thing. I want to at least use it. We got our shuffleboard table. You got your NBA Jam video game down there. I want to at least make it usable. But let's, let's get wait a till we can renovate there. it. Let's wait till we can renovate it. All right, Mr. I w- Perfect. I'm not Mr. Perfect. <laughs> I would much rather have the upstairs looking good, feeling good. I agree. And even our our bedroom upstairs, I would. This is like a renovation show now. <laughs> our bedroom upstairs, I would like to make that like a cool chill zone. Oh, we will. Like a record player. You and know what like we're gonna do? We're gonna love get love sofa. Okay, have you seen the floor love sofas? I don't know if they're called love sofas, but the floor you get like floor cushions, and then we could do a really cool like floor cushion area in that one spot with the a record floor. player. Little table, floor table. The floor is lava. <laughs> it's like lava. No, I like that. Floor floor is lava is spoken about a lot here with the kids. So I like that. It's funny. Um, but I do want to give. So I'm like the least organized person. I am not a domestic person at all. But I really did enjoy doing this major deep clean. And I am motivated to do the rest because it was so freeing. And I'm going to bring it down to two things. If you want to get started on your home, here's a solution because I never have answers to things, but I do have a solution for just getting your house in order. Number one, get rid of literally half. If you have too much stuff or if you are not a minimalist, whatever, get rid of half of what you have because you can. Even if you just take things that you can't really get rid of yet in your heart, but you don't need it. Put them in a box, revisit it a couple months later, and just be cold. Go into it with like a bitch face and just cold heart and chuck them. Second thing, organizers. Like those stupid little bins are amazing. They are life-changing for snacks, for bathrooms, for whatever. They're so helpful. Yeah, don't keep snacks in boxes. Boxes take up so much space. When you get groceries, take all the snacks out and put them somewhere in the bins and in freezer stuff too the two best things i bought for organization i got a holder for pots and pans which which fits in our pots and pans drawer where we just used to throw everything in oh and it's like uh that weird balancing act when you put a pot in there and you gotta slam the the cupboard drawer (laughs) crashes wakes up the kids but i got a holder and it fits all of my pots and pans i have room for so much more in there i got it on amazon it was like cheap too i think i got it for like 35 bucks it has it's amazing it's my favorite purchase and then secondly we got three of these like rolly carts from ikea 
So they have three or four shelves on them and they roll. So I have one for my bathroom stuff. Shane has one for his bathroom stuff, which we keep in our bathroom. And then I got one for the kids for all of their art supplies. Because until recently, our dining room table just permanently had like our collection of paints, our crayons, all of our coloring books. It was a mess. It was embarrassing. And now they're just all in this like art cart. Yeah, art carts. It's it's the best thing. It's the best thing for the washroom. It's the best thing for the art. Yeah. Art carts. Check it out on IKEA. <laughs> this is not sponsored. Are they called art carts? No, they're just called like rolly carts. Rolly carts. Rolling carts. Okay. Yeah, check it out. But uh, I say, Shane, with that. Wait, no. What? What? You wanted me to ask a question and make me feel like it's organic. Where's the first place you love me the most? No. No, I told Shane, you are making this sound silly. No, I'm not. I told Shane when I was gone today, because I sent him like the format for the podcast, and I said, okay, I'm going to ask you this about New Orleans, like what your favorite part of the trip was, whatever. Favorite first. So I was like, think of a question to ask me. So we sit down to do the podcast. This was this morning I told him, and he goes, what kind of question did you want me to do? And I said, I don't know. Ask me some kind of date nighty type question about the trip or about something so then shane didn't have a question wait wait okay so i have the text okay now every listener listening right now tell me if you could understand what this meant (laughs) if you could ask me a relationshipy nola question that would be great like when i ask about favorite firsts yes that was a part of the podcast structure i sent you you want me to ask a question about firsts no but it's I was just telling you mine. That was the one well, I was asking but you. How, how on earth could I ever think of a relationshipy question that is for a specific region on earth? Well, no, just like about vacations and why it's Say good about to go vacations. On. You made it seem like it had to be NOLA related. Well, because that was the last vacation we were on. Okay, just say it doesn't have to be <laughs> NOLA related. And then when I told you that's difficult, you said, ask me a question like, when did you love me the most on the trip? No, like, when did you feel the most in love with me on the trip or something like that? Oh, that's way different than what I just said. Okay. (laughs) When did you feel the most in love with me on the trip? And you, a bunch of times, you said, say this on the pod, say this on the pod. Well, I had a joke lined up. Because you made me think of a question for you at the top of my head. And I was just shooting you like vomit bad questions to get ideas out. Do the joke then. What is it? Okay. You can't do it a hundred times. I'm just curious. Ask the question. When was the time you were most in love with me on the trip? Well, I can tell you the time it wasn't. It wasn't? (laughs) Yeah. What is it? What what time weren't you? It's Shane and I were making out and we had the TV playing in the background. And then I just see Shane's eyes kind of like, I don't even know the TV is playing, okay? I just see Shane's eyes kind of like darting around me. I'm like, what? Like, what's going on? And I just, I try to ignore it. But then he kind of moves his head to the side to get a better view of the TV while we're making out. And then I turn around and I get why he's looking because Shane is a big Vanderpump fan. And it was a Vanderpump promo that he had not yet seen and he was trying to watch it. And then I got all mad and we watched the promo and then I think we got back to making out. But it really it really uh, put me in a huff for a little bit there. I don't even remember that. Wow. <laughs> that absinthe really hits you. <laughs> but OK, let's let's move along. I, I regret everything. Yeah. All right. But we are going to head on to the mailbag segment. But before we do that, 
Let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by Mini Miosh. They're a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity, and they make the best basics that you can get for your kids. You can say that again. They have fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, timeless, and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. <laughs> Wait, why are you being so weird? You're just staring at me. Plus, they have a new women's collection, and Shane seeds in jealousy when I wear mine because we've both been waiting for adult clothes from Mini Miosh for a while, so it feels amazing. This is called the M and West Collection. It's simple. It's made out of French terry. It's ethically and sustainably produced, and it's just when you address your kids. Like I used to dress my kids in Mini Miosh and just be so jealous about what they were wearing. And now I get that same like cute comfort as well. But you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. These are available in Canada and in the US and it is one use per customer. So load up your carts. And again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. But we are also supported by... True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints. Yeah, like uh, I feel like a planeteer if you get that reference. Do you know what that reference? It's an old cartoon. (laughs) What cartoon? Planeteers. Mm. Captain Planet. And one way we're doing this, Captain Planet, is through eliminating single-use plastics in our household. And the easiest step that we took, honestly, was just getting rid of the plastic laundry detergent bottles. It's specific, but it made a huge impact. We discovered True Earth Detergent. And hadn't looked back. It comes in pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart and toss in your washer. It is so easy. Oh my goodness. So many times you do something to save the planet. It makes your life harder. (laughs) This makes your life easier. It's a (laughs) win-win. That's actually a great selling point. Seriously. But the best part is that there's no plastic. Because the packaging is so compact, it's drastically changed the tidiness of our laundry room. Because it comes in, it's like, what, like, millimeters large we have like three years worth of laundry detergent in there i was trying to add it up i think it's three or four years it's wild and you don't think about it It doesn't take up any space you don't have these big plastic jugs in your house it's not the 90s anymore but as a family with kids who have really sensitive skin and betty is just a basket case of eczema we opt for the baby detergent because it's fragrance free gentle on everybody's skin and it's so tough on dirt so our clothes come out smelling great and super clean so check out true earth detergent at true.earth and use the promo code this family tree 10 to get 10 percent off your order you are going to love this product take our word for it again that is true.earth and this family tree 10. All right, now it is time for the mailbag segment. This is where listeners submit questions. Alex answers them, and I'm just along for the ride. So what's the first question? (laughs) All right, so the first question is a little bit hard to understand, but I'm just going to throw my own take at it. No, I don't know. It's a first-time writer-inner, actually. So thank you so much for writing in. This question asker says, age gaps in kids, pros and cons. So I'm just going to say, look, age gaps – don't stress about this. This is not something to, I don't think, put too much thought into. Like having kids is hard. I only realized as a full adult, like in my 20s, when I was trying to have kids myself, that there are only like three to five days that you can even get pregnant. 
having kids, like making babies is hard for most people. That's not the question though, Alex. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm getting to it, okay? I have a point here. So let it happen when it happens because if we get so caught up with age gaps and the best times to do things, then we're just going to put undue stress on ourselves. It's going to be tricky. And then if our kids don't line up with what we were hoping for them to have, like what kind of dynamic they were going to have with the specific age gap, then it, it might even be more stressful. There are pros and cons to literally everything. Like oh, Alex, what? this is ridiculous. No, Irish twins, five-year age gaps, freaking 10-year age gaps. Why, why are you assuming that this person is stressed out? You're going on a tangent. I'm assuming they're not stressed out and they're trying to think, this is this is the take I had. They're trying to plan when to have their kids. And I'm saying, don't plan it too hard because I don't want them to get disappointed or stressed or whatever. This, we can't jump. When we get these questions, I say we make a rule. We just answer the questions because I hate jumping to assumptions, anything like that. Best part about an age gap, if the age gap's crazy long, boom, free babysitter. <laughs> free babysitter. Like if Lou was 13 right now and Betty was two, we'd be drinking absinthe right now at some <laughs> local bar. That's the best part. Well, and I, I, I just want to add to that too because I think that if there's a huge age gap in your kids, it teaches so much empathy to your older kid and then it gives your younger kid like a mentor. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. You (laughs) You said mentor really odd. Like it was like, it sounded like you were giving them an affliction or a condition. You're giving them a mentor. (laughs) I think it's nice. I think it's a beautiful connection. I think I'm saying it's good, but you said it weird. You said it like mentor. Well, Shane, enough nitpicking my speech, but what about a small age gap? What's your your thought on that? Well, I think the closeness, the bond you can potentially have. Mm-hmm. There's obviously cons too, because they ask for cons. There's going to be a lot more fighting, I think, with a closer age gap. There's going to be mm-hmm. punching Lou and Betty went through a f- hitting phase until we yeah. tried to uh, beat that out of them. <laughs> and then um, what else? Are, yes, they can be in high school together, look out mm-hmm. for each other. Uh, it's photos for the parents are fun. You kind of, you know. There's advantage, definite obvious advantages, I think, to being close. I think there's less obvious advantages to a, a large age gap besides the babysitting. After babysitting, I can't think of too many advantages what about off the, the top mentor of the head. advantage. Oh, mentor you, and empathy teaching. Mentor. You're making mentor two words. <laughs> you can be a mentor. Um, now I am. I don't know how to say this word anymore. But you can be still a mentor with a small age gap. Like not, three years. Well, three years. Three yeah, years is huge for a kid. Is that's like more? That's not small. I'd say small is like Irish twins, two born in the same year. Well, that that's that's very abnormal. Year, one year or whatever, two years, I guess. Okay, you can still be a mentor, like even being a grade above. Mm-hmm. If if you're in grade nine and someone's a grade eight, you can still be a mentor. Lucy is trying to mentor Betty right now with different things. Yeah. What did Betty do the other day? Betty asked me for a bear paw and Lucy went over to her in the most motherly fashion with her hands on her hips like this, put her finger out and said, no, Betty, you already had one today. And then just walked away and Betty just kind of like froze and looked at me. I was like, yeah, you can have it. Like, Mm. (laughs) you're fine. But Lucy was trying so hard to be like a mother. In that, it was really hilarious. I'd never really seen her take on like that role to that degree, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I do, that's why I do think 
the it, what would be some advantages or disadvantages in your mind for the large age gap? I think the large age gap is that there can be a closeness, like a different kind of closeness that you can't achieve if you're maybe close to the same age and maybe more competition or something like that. Um, but it might be like more individual, like really it's just a good way for your older kid to learn empathy, learn about the importance of taking care and like being a good role model for that person. So like it gives your older kid a reason to be good almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because it teaches them like responsibility and yeah. they're probably not going to be doing as silly of things because they'll almost feel like a quasi parent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like we have even programs on our school board called Roots of Empathy and like people in the community that have newborn babies, bring them into the schools just so that kids can like, you know, fall in love with a baby and like know what it is to be a good role model, even from a young age. So I think that that is really important. That could be really great for like development of a teenager or whatever. Um, my friend's family, oh my God, my friend's parents had their youngest when my friend and I were 16. And that baby brought the whole family together in ways that they didn't imagine. So there's four siblings all together and the baby made them so close. Yeah, because the advantage for the parents is it's like, okay, it's been so long since we've had a cute little baby. <laughs> so you get that cute little baby feeling. It's almost like you're a parent and a grandparent, like getting that, like, oh, the, yeah. we get a baby again. But then you got to deal with that baby and you're older, but you do have the older siblings to help out. So that can make it not as hard as it was when probably yeah. you first had the kid. You also have that experience, but there's lots of things you probably forgot <laughs> that you don't even think of. Right. So you're like, oh, it's like high school. You're like, high school is the best. But you forget how hard it was and everything's rose colored glasses in the past. Whew, it's tough. I don't I would think closer if we had to pick closer is better than farther. But look, I'm going to say bring it back to my initial point, which Saint Shane said wasn't a good enough take. Don't let the dynamic freak you out, because whatever it is, you're going to find those positives and you're going to prescribe that meaning to your family dynamic, and it's gonna be super special for you. But so. that, I, I didn't say that was a bad take. I'm just saying that wasn't the question. If the question asked for a hot take like The question like that, was so vague. The question wasn't even a sentence. No, it was annoyingly specific. Age gaps in kids? What, like, what big ones, small ones? I thought ones? it said pros and cons. Yeah, well, yeah. But so that's age, part of the question. Age gaps in kids, question mark, pros and cons. Age gaps in kids, pros and cons. <laughs> I get that. That's just such an economy of words. It's almost <laughs> annoying, but I liked answering it. All right. I liked answering it too. Do we know the person who asked it? No, okay. no idea. First time I've seen their name. Okay, the next question. Do you think marriages for celebrities have a better chance of making it if they marry another celebrity or a quote unquote regular person? So I don't know because, I mean, if we're getting into pros and cons again, I would assume that celebs understand the busyness of each other's schedules and they would be more understanding with, oh, like you got to fly over here and do this show or this tour or whatever for so many months. And they just have an inherent understanding about that. However, if they're both doing that kind of thing, that doesn't make very much time that you can spend with each other. So I would personally, maybe I'm just saying this because I'm a regular person, but like I could see it being more effective if there was like one celeb and then a regular person who had the flexibility 
to go with them and like keep things together rather than having a crazy demanding schedule of their own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard. Feels like a lot of regular women can gel well with a celebrity man. But But there's like Matt Damon, for instance, his and Jerry Seinfeld. But it feels like the the reverse of that doesn't tend to work out, like historically speaking. No, like all the Victoria's Secret models and stuff, like they're all married to just like businessmen. But they're not famous. And the people they're married no, to like are No, like Miranda rich. Kerr? I guarantee the person she's married to is very wealthy. He is. He like started That's what I mean. Twitter. So I'm saying yeah. they are on a playing field where probably the man is more powerful. Like I don't, mm. Miranda Kerr, I kind of know that name, but if she, she was walking down the street, I probably, you know, I tat call her, but I wouldn't know her name. (laughs) She was Orlando Bloom's ex-wife. I know, I know. But I don't know what she looks like. I know her name. But with like J-Lo tried dating her dancer and then boom, just dumped him immediately. But with two celebs, that's double trouble because you're probably going to be a little bit more narcissistic. Mm -hmm. You're in weird situations. There's a dynamic of when you're hot or you know, on top of the world and then you're not. And there's jealousy and competitiveness. You can fight over finances. You can fight over, which is in any relationship. But I feel like it's so heightened when you're dealing with great sums of money. Yeah, I just don't know how you'd work the schedules. Like, honestly, even you. So you, not being a celebrity at this point, but like you filmed one show. That was a month. It was six episodes long, right? And it was a month of just we were never home. I was lucky enough to work on the show with you, which was amazing because I had that flexibility, not having my own crazy celeb schedule, obviously. You know what I mean? But if we both had those things going and like they're going to be at conflicting times and everything like that, I just don't understand how you could, how people make that work. And maybe that's why there's so many celeb divorces too, right? Like it's the cliche. And if you're Brad Pitt and if you're Angelina Jolie, People are just jumping out of balconies to try to give you a smooch. <laughs> when Shane said that, his eyes went wide and he had this intense look on his face. It was really funny. Unhinged. Well, I was thinking about Angelina. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about Brad. Yeah, me but, too. <laughs> okay, next question. When you go away without the kids, how do you handle mom guilt? I really struggle with it and haven't gone more than one night. My husband planned a two-night getaway, and I couldn't do it. This, honestly, it's like, I get it, but it breaks my heart. Like, you just got to do it. It's like ripping off a band-aid. You got to do it. You got to have some kind of boundaries where it's like, you don't have conversation, especially if it's only for one night or two nights. Don't call the kids. Don't have your conversation solely about the kids. And I feel like, and Shane, I want to know if it's like this from a father's point of view. I don't think it is, but with a lot of moms, I feel like, we have this um, a feeling like we ha- – it's like almost performative. Like we have to say, oh, my God. And we do miss our kids. You know, we all miss our kids. But it's like we have a feeling like if we don't make that abundantly clear, like we're a bad mom or we're a bad parent. If we don't make it abundantly clear that we miss them or always thinking about them, it's like we can't take – that time to ourselves without reassuring the world that like, hey, yeah, we're thinking about our kids. I miss my kids so much. But then it detracts from the fun that we're able to have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do do you find that that happens with men? That I feel pressure to say I miss my kids? Yeah, because I don't think men would have that same pressure. No, I don't feel any pressure. I'm, uh, yeah, I feel a lot of pressure actually to do the opposite, to just be like totally authentic. 
Because mm-hmm. if I'm not, I feel like I'd be judged for being performative. But authentic could be missing your kids. It could be. But I just, I'm not that type to be like, oh, I miss my kids. Even if I miss my kids, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not like talking about it. Mm-hmm. And when I'm with my friends, unless I want to talk about my kids, I don't do it out of any obligation. You know what I mean? And I yeah. I find if someone is doing that, you can kind of suss it out and be like, that's odd how that person's trying to seem like dad of the year there because normally they're not like that. What mm-hmm. what are they hiding? <laughs> are they trying to build an alibi right now? Like if something feels odd. When- I like it goes right to alibi, but it's like, Really, you, you got to just immerse yourself in the experience that you're in. Again, especially if it's a short time, one or two nights. And it's like, why are you guilty? You know, they're most likely, I hope, with a trusted person, maybe a loved one, maybe a grandparent, aunt, uncle, whatever. But like, they're with a loved person. Let them have that experience with that family member or that close friend or whatever it is. Let them miss you. Let them have experiences away from you. It's not... It's only for like 48 hours. So try to just keep that in your head and think, hey, I'm also doing something good for my kid here. And then immerse yourself in the experience you're in and just go with it. Pound back a few white claws if you need to. Or a shot of absinthe. <laughs> Highly Gets recommended. Gets the job done quicker. See, this Family Tree podcast should be sponsored by an absinthe company. You're right. It's a natural fit. Absinthe and parenting. Not that we really (laughs) talk about parenting that much. Okay. Next question. I like this one. There was an article about going to bed either 90 minutes before or after your partner to get the best sleep. What do you guys do at bedtime? What's the article? I don't don't understand. So the article article says that you'll get the best sleep if you go to bed either, like if one partner goes to bed and the other partner goes to bed like 90 minutes after. It's like Mm. an hour and a half after. Okay. For me personally, I would get anxiety of not having somebody to like cuddle up with and do like some pillow talk with and fall asleep beside. That gives me anxiety. I would not fall asleep easier personally. The only time that that worked was when – like worked for me anyway, was when I was breastfeeding and the kids were like, Betty was really young because the sleep schedules were just so screwed up. So I was often sleeping in an entirely different bedroom just to get like a wink. And so Shane could get a wink and that really worked out. But now that that phase is over, yeah, I I prefer to go to bed together at the same time and it keeps things cohesive. It makes me feel like we're just... I don't know. I like I like the idea of like doing something together, even little going to bed, brushing our teeth, getting in bed, having a couple words, giving a kiss and going to sleep, you know? It's like one of the monotonous things in the day that I, I really enjoy. Yeah, I like going to bed. I like going to bed with someone. If, if we don't go to bed at the same time, it feels like we're in an argument. Yeah, yeah. Because we've just always kind of naturally done that. But It's not natural for me. I do it uh, very thinking about it intentional but we have most of my friends i don't think go to bed at the same time as their spouse and maybe they could speak on you know they get a great sleep because of that i don't know but for me it would just i'd be awake until he got in bed anyway i'd be like i need somebody to kiss me i don't know a couple times like very low incident but maybe like 
10 times in our whole time together. You've been like, all right, I'm going to bed. And then you just start walking. You don't say anything. <laughs> I'm just so angry. It's like, why would you do that? And I don't get it. I don't. And these are times you're not angry with me. Like sometimes you do go, I'm going to bed and you're angry with me. But when you're not angry, it's just weird. You know what? I think it's either, and I don't know the times that you're, you're talking about, but I'm sure it's either because I'm, number one, maybe feeling super off and I just feel sick and I'm not with it. Or number two, maybe I want you to follow me upstairs like a little puppy dog and go to bed with me. I don't play those games. <laughs> Shane's a 40-year-old man who doesn't play no games. No. The older I get, the less games I play. <laughs> Old dog. I can learn new tricks as long as the games are sexy. <laughs> okay, next question. How to help a friend that is struggling in her relationship? Her and her husband have been separated for two years. They have talked about getting back together and start dating again. But he fessed up that he currently has a girlfriend and doesn't want to break it off in case it doesn't work out again with his wife. This is juicy. Two words. What? Threesome. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. What is? Why is the girlfriend okay with this? Why is the girlfriend okay with him dating his ex-wife that he has this whole romantic history with? Maybe she's keeping it casual. Well, then why is he so scared to let her go if she's happy to keep him casual? Maybe she's unbelievable. This is a wild situation, honestly. And so this person who wrote this in said that, to me, it would be a deal breaker, but my friend is torn and really down about it. I obviously. Like he likes the girlfriend more than the girlfriend likes him. Yeah. He wishes she was jealous. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's trying to create a jealousy trap of sorts. Do you think he's trying to create a jealousy trap for both of them? Like, do you think he's trying to create a jealousy trap for the wife? Like, hey, I'm a hot item here. I got this hottie on the side who I don't want to break up with. And you better be like all over me kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like working. He's. It's like he's Tom Wamsgans in succession. He's playing all the fields looking out for numero uno. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if you want to be with somebody who's not head over heels in love. No, this guy sounds like a dork. And knowing nothing about him except for this situation, I mean, why would you want to put yourself through that agony? And I know you have a history. I know it's complicated. But find a good therapist. Go to couples therapy. Work it out. Get somebody in the middle of it to mediate the conversation. Is it worth it, though, if he doesn't even want to? Couples therapy, it's like you have to want to go. Well, maybe he maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances, but like he doesn't even want to be with her. He wants to be with the other girlfriend. But he also wants to start dating the ex-wife again. Yeah, but you don't want somebody who wants to start dating. You want somebody who like can't be without you. Well, you know what? That makes sense because it's like you've you've already dated. You've already gone through that phase. You already know what it's like to date each other. So just get back into your marriage. Yeah, it's pretty much just an excuse to boink her again. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Of course. He just wants to be boinking two women. Well, just probably to that familiar kind of like thing, but yeah. Yeah, get rid of him. Tell the friend, get rid of him. I like this juicy question though. Thank you. It felt like a little uh, Vanderpump rules injected into the podcast. <laughs> people we know nothing about. <laughs> These people could be in their 70s or 80s. <laughs> Makes it juicier. But folks, that is all we have for tonight thank you so much for listening thank you so much for writing in we really do love everybody who contributes and if you are listening go hit us up 
with a rating, a comment. We would really love it. But folks, thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast, Podcast, episode 171.